We all want more social media engagement, but how do we get it without spending on ads? Can we get it without spending on ads? You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, each month we focus on a different marketing method. This month it's organic social. And each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making that marketing method work for you. This month, we're talking organic social. And yes, no ad spend. And yes, it is possible to drive results with organic, but you have to put the work in. So far this month, we have covered getting more efficient with your social media workflows, time is money, people, and devoted a whole episode to demystifying Instagram, including a simple six-step process you can follow. Now, no matter which platform you're using, engagement, getting people paying attention to your posts is crucial for your success. You need likes, you need comments, you need shares, and much, much more. But how do you get them without ad spend? That is what we are approaching in today's episode. And sneak, sneak, Uh, for you, sneak tip coming up. It's all about creating the right content in the first place. And our guest is going to take us through how to do that. And if you follow her process, not only is your content going to create much more engagement, it's also going to become much, much easier to hand those social media accounts over to somebody else. We're just about to meet today's guest, but before we do, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash Masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with organic social media expert Katie White. Katie is the founder of KW Content, a global content and social media marketing agency where, for the last four years, she's been focused on supporting purpose driven brands. Before that, she spent five years as content marketing manager at various retailers. Hello, Katie. Hi, Chloe. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. Someone who's had, what, nine years now of making organic social work for retailers. Uh, Welcome. It's true. A couple more, actually. I think I'm on year 11. (laughs) Cool. It's crazy to think how much has changed in that time. So how did you get into organic social in the first place? Yeah. So I started my career at Burton Snowboards, which means nothing to people that are not winter people. But if you are a skier or a snowboarder, you've probably heard of Burton because it's the world's largest snowboarding company. And my first job in marketing was as a copywriter. Um, And shortly after I started as a copywriter in the content department, I was given the responsibility of social media when our social media manager left. And I think I was just the youngest person in the department (laughs) at that time. And everything was really new. Um, and so, yeah, I was organic only at that time. We were pretty siloed, so I wasn't interacting much with our advertising team. Um, and from there, I went into the beauty industry. So I had several years like across the action sports and the beauty industry. Um, 
dedicated to, you know, building a community with organic content only. And so that was super valuable to see what conversations were really in- industry specific and what content tactics really are golden rules of social. So that's how it all began. Excellent. Well, it's the, those golden rules we're after from you today. So let's go for the big question first, Katie. How do we increase our organic social engagement? Absolutely. I think my favorite thing to talk about, especially for e-com brands, especially for brands that lead with a product, um, is personification. I think we have lost the conversation of personification and a lot of um, just conversations we have about social media. It's all metric driven, right? But um, the goal of social media for an e-commerce brand is really to bring the brand to life in a way that your customer can relate to personally. Um, so things like tone of voice, cadence, mix between you know different aspects of a brand's personality. That is really, I think, the top piece that drives all engagement. Um, from there, you kind of have, from thinking about how your brand is personified in the digital space, you start to think about, you know, what our point of view is. And this is where, you know, most e-commerce brands have a really strong brand strategy. But the question is, how is the brand strategy translated day in and day out through, you know, just individual social media posts, right? And so the goal is to have your customers kind of break down this thought of an organization or corporation behind the social media and really be able to imagine that a human that they can connect with on a soul level is behind there. Um, And so one of the things is translating a brand's DNA and a brand's values and a brand's strategy into a strong point of view that can inform your social media content um, and and bring bring that to life in a way that's really kind of human. So those are the first couple of things, personification and a strong point of view. I love that because I, I think, you know, you're going to say, oh, use hashtags or something like that. But no, it goes deeper than that. It's so much more kind of kind of central. And I think the, the point you made about, you know, the role of social for an e-commerce brand is to bring personality to the brand. It's like it's you you start with kind of a 2D brand, then it becomes 3D when you kind of add in the products. And then I guess with social, you're kind of going 4D because you're bringing that emotional piece in as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, think about how crowded the marketplace is. A lot of e-commerce brands have a lot of competition. Um, and so unless your product is stands completely in a league of its own and you have no competition, then it's really that, that humanity that folks are going to connect with. Um, and I think the other thing that you think about when it comes to social media as such a strong marketing tool is that it lives at the top of funnel. It can find us new prospects to interface with, but it's really a community building loyalty driving tool as well. Um, and so keeping your customers around and build, building community with them and, and allowing them to see beyond just, you know, the shiniest aspect of a brand's campaign or our product pages um, to connect at a deeper level is what's going to keep them around. And we all know that loyalty and and having a customer buy from us more than once is really what drives our profitability. So that's something that's really important to remember when we're thinking about our our social media engagement as well. Cool. So let let's go a bit deeper into those areas you've you've identified. So the personification of the brand. You said about uh, tone of voice, cadence, and kind of the personality mix. So let's start with tone of voice because I know I I struggle with how to 
you know, teach someone else the tone of voice I use in my business. And I know a lot of founder owners have the same challenge. How do you go about defining tone of voice so as it's consistent and, you know, anyone can do it for you? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. I think consistency, whether we're talking about tone of voice or just the conversations we're having, the storytelling. Um, so for us, it's just so important to create a strategy that has succession planning built into it so that as we pass the reins to other folks to help support us um, and then, you know, people come and go, we really want to maintain a, a consistent thread. So, um, you know, one of the things that I developed really early on first project of my agency was this idea of what is a content strategy that bridges the gap between a brand strategy and a social media strategy, which a lot of social media quote unquote air quote strategies that I see are sort of talking about how often you should post, talking about what types of formats you should post, but all of those things are tactics. Um, so what we really want to do is create a strategy that is precedes the tactics that we're going to bring it to life with, so to speak. So for us having a really, really detailed tool. Um, so what drives the, the tone of voice is one thing, but before we get to the tone of voice, we sort of think about our brand storytelling along three pillars. One pillar is kind of aligned with the business objective of brand growth. So this is going to be kind of where you meet your audience based on um, common interests and you know shared like mutual ground and, and points of view and perspective. The second pillar is going to be what where you spotlight your products and drive sales. And the third is going to be you know, where they get to see behind the scenes. And for some people that's founder storytelling, for some people that's value storytelling. So of course, these conversations start to kind of shape the character of a brand, what we choose to kind of lead with and have like what we choose to kind of build our brand storytelling arc around sort of lays the foundation for what, how we're going to bring this brand to life. Um, and so from there, we kind of take cues from those pillars and when it comes to tone of voice specifically, making sure that, um, you know, I think it's really important to think about, is this a brand that is, is it bringing the founder to life, right? Or do we want it to have a personality of its own? And, you know, there's elements of competitive analysis that we can do to make sure that we are standing alone and we are different. Um, but even just the simple exercise of, you know, looking at social media and thinking about thought leaders brands, even meme accounts that we really resonate with or that resonate with us and using those as guideposts and sort of bringing them together. So when we're talking about these three pillars and tone of voice, we bring really, really specific examples all together into a single document that's called our content strategy tool and our playbook. Um, and that allows us to make sure that the content we're deploying is not bound to any one person, right? And it outlives any single social media manager and can really be the guidepost and the North Star for the program for, for as long as you know the brand strategy lives because we want to think about our social media strategy as just an extension of that brand strategy. I, I love that way of building it. And I'm guessing that uh, that document, once you've pulled it all together, is considerably more uh, screen grabs and images than it is paragraphs and paragraphs of text. It is. I love, I love one paragraph per pillar that kind of is an umbrella to each pillar. And then we kind of have one 
one slide for each pillar that are these really specific examples of content, but you should be able to sum them up, you know, in, in a single sentence. Uh, and then you have the visual part. And what I really like to do in our content strategies is give for, for all of our content examples, we want to kind of hear, okay, here's what it is. And also here's what it isn't because oftentimes our clients, we learn more from describing what we don't want to be and what we don't want to do. It helps us pick pick apart more of the pieces that we really do want to lean into. So it's really, really important to look at both of those. But yeah, tons of screen grabs, uh, tons of examples of copy. It really just, it, that's, that's kind of why we call it the playbook for sure. And I also think it's important to remember that this is an ongoing process. So when, if you're building a content strategy for your organic social media, you are using your target persona knowledge, your competitive landscape knowledge, your brand DNA knowledge to form, you know, your your go-to-market plan and your best kind of guess. But from there, you really want to have the mindset that this is an ongoing living breathing document, right? Especially for founders who are trying to delegate this work, it can be really, really hard to do because, um, you know, we don't have the training to delegate this type of work and, you know, create a document that feels like it really informs the person that we're trying to train. So another thing that we will do is we'll keep in our content calendar, you know, we use Google Sheets most of the time, but we'll have a tab that's dedicated to feedback. So if we get feedback from a client, hey, you know, everything about this caption works except that emoji, we really don't want to use that emoji, right? That's like an example of something that might not come up in the content strategy building process. Um, they maybe didn't think to include that emoji or that not emoji at that at that detail level or a certain word that we want to stay away from. But the more you know, captions you write for a, for a client or for a brand, the more that you you're just exposed to so many more examples of things that we do or don't do. Uh, so we'll make sure to keep a running list of all of those things for, again, for succession planning, for better, for better planning, you know, on a month to month basis. So that's, those are some of the tools we use. I think that's such a good point because I think often when, you know, when we're trying to create briefs in areas we're not so familiar with, like you said, very few people have been trained in how to do a social media brief because they're so difficult. Um, yeah. It's, the temptation is to kind of pile everything in there, every last thing, which just creates a doc that just doesn't work. So I love the you know the point you made that it's it's an evolving process. You're not going to identify it all on day one. There's going to be toing and froing, and you're not always going to hit it right. But you're going to learn from that and make it better next time. A hundred percent, yeah. And I think that's what what founders really need is a strong framework and a tool that can help help them delegate in a way that feels good and doesn't feel like starting from scratch every time, right? Or a marketing director that's working with a team, right? We need a way to communicate internally um, that allows for creative freedom. So you want guidelines that don't stifle creativity. Usually, sometimes creatives think that they will, but actually they enhance creativity because it's like, okay, here's the playing field and I can, I can work within this however I want. Um, but the other piece is facilitating feedback, right? Which can be tricky, <laughs> especially in this space. Everybody has an opinion. Um, and so I think it's really critical for holding both sides accountable, right? For the person briefing and the person developing the content. Um, if you have a tool in place that you can reference, so you can say, okay, I briefed in this campaign, but our evergreen content strategy, you know, these guidelines, what you've given back to me, you know, can you check? 
can you check uh, slide 10, line five, instead of having to try to, you know, grasp for this sort of like subjective feedback about why this does or doesn't work. That's a really valuable tool, both for for sort of, um, I think, for collaboration and for saving time, right? So, so that's something we love as well is just making sure everyone's on the same page and has the opportunity to workshop that stuff. Oh, definitely. It, it's a, you, you can't approach it in the same way as you would pro- approach, you know, a Google ads campaign or, you know, it, it's, it's not ones and zeros. It's far more amorphous than that. But um, Casey, I'm guessing one of the other pieces you'd be bringing back in as feedback is when a post gets crazy engagement or when, you know, it's tumbleweed. Do you pull all that back into the, the strategy? Yeah, absolutely. So my favorite thing to do is to kind of say, hey, we're going to, especially for kind of with a fresh content strategy is to say, we're going to give this 90 days. You know, the social media manager or whoever's developing the content is looking always, (laughs) you know, is looking like obsessively at how content is performing all along the way. And so it's not to say we don't make micro adjustments before that 90 day mark, but I love to kind of give enough of a runway where we have a big enough data sample to actually draw conclusions about whether or not a certain type of content is working better than another before making any assumptions. Um, But absolutely. And then at that 90 day mark is when you are taking the insights that you've gotten about whether or not your content strategy is working and sort of kind of revising your content pillars accordingly and make sure making sure that they they reflect those insights. So once we've got this this doc, this clear brief at the center of the content we're creating. So we're kind of attacking engagement right from the very beginning of the process. What's the next thing you do to to increase engagement once you've got through those 90 days, you've done the review, you've fed information back in, where do we go next? Yeah. So I think one of the keys that is always overlooked when it comes to, you know, the conversation is about increasing engagement, but if we're not reading our engagement properly, we're going to make poor decisions. So an example of this, this is why I really like to align our content pillars to specific business goals, right? A lot of times in our field, you just set, you see people saying, okay, we should have five content pillars and it's this theme, this theme, this theme, and this theme. But the fact is that if we think about the customer journey, right, they're going to engage differently with us depending on where they are and what stories they're telling us. So for me, the story that gets someone to pay attention to my brand and the content that gets someone's attention is much different than the content that's going to sell through a product. And if I'm measuring my content across those two pillars in the exact same way, I'm going to misread that information and I'm going to change my content strategy and my and the the I might amass greater total engagements, but they might not be the right engagement. So, for example, if we have a post that's meant to drive consideration of a product or sell through a product, right? We want to see link clicks to our site, and a save is a way better engagement than just a like. Right. So once we have kind of aligned KPIs that we want to measure in the form of engagements for organic social media, then we really can read, okay, what is working here and how do we want to do more of it to drive greater engagement? Um, Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And I, I love that, you know, you know, the, I think the most clearest place is where you've got the, you know, the pillar that's about brand growth and the pillar that's about spotlighting products. 
And yes, of course, neither of them, they shouldn't both be measured on sales. One of them should be measured on sales. The other should be measured on reach or engagement or likes or whatever the right metric is. But they are two, you know, it's like trying to compare a TV ad with, um, you know, a brand campaign on Google. It's just not, they're not apples with apples. You've got to segment it, set the KPIs and then measure against them. I think that's, it's really good advice. That's exactly it. And I, the amount of times, I mean, one of the most frequent sort of complaints or questions that I get is, well, whenever I talk about my product, it's the, the least engaging. And I'm like, well, what are you measuring? If you're just measuring likes, then that's probably right. But I need you to go back and check saves and especially website traffic or purchases. Um, so it's just something to look out for. So from there, I mean, you know, once you have your, once you're thinking about, okay, what kind of content, what content is landing with my audience, right? What, what patterns am I picking up in terms of our visuals that are performing well? Is my, is my community responding to reels and trends and formats? You know, is there a pattern with really short, quippy social media captions versus more long sort of winded, thoughtful captions? Those, that's, those are optimizations you can make on the content level. And then of course, you know, as you mentioned earlier, there's hashtags. We're looking at what hashtags are driving the most reach and the most engagements for us. Um, And then there's also sort of, there are ways to kind of integrate organic and paid, which we don't need to get together now because I know we're talking, get into now because I know we're talking about organic. But when you have aligned your your, um, content pillars to a specific part of your audience segment, right? So cold, warm, or hot with those three pillars, you're also able to get more mileage and drive greater value and, um, performance out of your organic content with sort of little, what we call inside of our agency, micro engagements campaigns. So, you know, making sure that our, our message of for a particular pillar is getting in front of the right audience at the right time. So one way to do that is hashtags. And another way is to, you know, spend $20 in the most strategic way that you possibly can, that kind of thing. I love it. Both what the method that you've brought to us is, first of all, it's something you could use on any social channel. And if a new channel pops up, you could use it on that. Um, I love that if, you know, when something like Reels comes along, we're like, oh no, we ought to try Reels. It's like, you've got this strategy in place that is adaptable to Reels. So you're not just, you know, going and doing a, a terrible video and chucking it up there. You're going, right, which of the pillars does it fit into? So it makes you do it better from straight away. And and the fact that, you know, you've outlined how we can take the knowledge we, we're gaining from this process to then integrate it with other channels to make it even even greater impact um, with all of it. So I'm, I'm loving what you've taken us through through so far, Katie, but I can't not have you on the show and fail to ask you this. I think that I got the negatives all the right way. What I'm trying to say is I have to ask you this because you know so much about it. So for those out there who are, you know, as, as many of us do going, where should I be putting my effort? Where should I be putting my effort? Where Which, which platforms is it worth doing organic on as an e-commerce brand at the moment? Absolutely. So I think, you know, the key word you used in there is where is it worth doing organic? And I think, you know, this is, it makes it a complicated question to answer because with Facebook's reach at an all time low of, you know, what 5% of your audience or something, it's hard to argue the kind of worthiness, but at the same time, 
Facebook and Instagram are table stakes, right? We can't, depending on your audience demographic, you know, you may be able to kind of go with one or the other. But um, at this point, you know, you have so many customers that will check if they hear about a brand, um, they're going to go check on Instagram potentially before they even go to your website. So it's really hard for me to kind of say we we have there's we absolutely have to be on Facebook and Instagram for the most part. I think TikTok is presenting, depending on your audience demographic, an incredible opportunity um, for organic, where it's just like organic content is having its moment there. You're able to drive incredible reach, incredible engagement, just focusing on your content, not really worried about paid or social uh, advertising platform and all that. Um, does that make sense? That makes total sense. It's um, but I, I just know the audience are crying out for that question to be answered. <laughs> and with you on the show, who was working across all of it, the multiple retailers, I just yeah. had to ask it. So um, so thank you, Katie, for all those, that amazing insight on increasing the engagement uh, we've got going on there. We are now going to pause for a mind of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the whole world of organic social media. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS, and personalized website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash masterplan. Okay, Katie, so far we've gone deep into how to increase engagement on your social media posts. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge, not that you haven't already, uh, about the whole of organic social. So for the following question, your answers can be about anything to do with organic social media, including everything we've already been talking about. So Katie, are you ready for these? I am ready. Okay, let's start with organic social media newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take that first step with organic social, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? So not to, you know, sound redundant, but I think what I really want them to know is don't start posting without a general sense of your brand's content strategy, right? So you kind of mentioned that when you were saying, okay, this sounds really great because then when a new format comes around, it it doesn't throw off your whole content strategy because your content strategy is not built off of a single format or a trend. It's built off of your customer, the conversation you want to have with your customer. So um, I guess, in terms of taking that a little bit further, if you want to, the first step to building your brand's content strategy is really about, for social media, is really about getting a sense of your customer or your prospects and how they're using social media. Um, and so taking the time to, you know, if you, if you already have a little bit of a following and kind of look going through and sleuthing a little bit, sleuthing is a better word than stalking, I think, but um, going through and seeing, you know, how do these people use social media? Are they sharing a lot or are they more, do we think they're kind of passive scrollers that share on their stories when they see something they like, they're not sharing a lot of original content. Do they, how do they engage with their friends? What emojis do they use? Where do they share content from? 
Um, another, you know, place that you can do that is going into industry leaders. I like to think about, I like to really broaden the, the, um, term competition when we're building a content strategy to really go beyond our direct competitors and say, what are the industry, what are the leaders in our industry doing? So you're looking for any account, um, that shares your target persona, right. And that has a lot of engagement go take a look at what they're doing and go look through the comment section um, at you know, what their customers are responding to or their community members are responding to. And that is a great, great place to start thinking about your content strategy. Excellent. Okay. Now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve organic social media performance? Favorite way to improve is reporting. It's not everybody's favorite thing to do, but looking at our content performance on a monthly basis, reviewing it and proper measure, you know, measuring properly according to the goal of the content. So making sure I think, you know, as you plan your content, it's really advantageous to make a little note. Is this pillar one, two, or three? Because that's going to help you as you go back and you're reviewing the performance in order to optimize it's just going to keep you on track that you're measuring things correctly. Cause if we are just using and if we're just using a reporting platform, right. That's just treating all of our content the same and, and just spitting out a report that's telling us, Hey, here's your best performing content. Cause it was the most engaging total engagements and just, you know, lists it out from, you know, highest amount of engagement to lowest. That's not the whole story. And that can be really dangerous. So you know, monthly reports where we're actually looking at what types of engagements we got, you know, what sent traffic to the website, what sold product, um, and, and reviewing it with all of those key metrics in mind is, is the best way to optimize from there. Excellent. If someone listening wants to learn more about organic social, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? Absolutely. And uh, sorry to plug my own resources, but we have done so much uh, work in this space that we actually have, I have a masterclass that is free um, that takes folks through the exact process we use to develop these three pillars for a brand. Um, Because it's so important that these pillars are unique to your brand. That's the only way you're going to cut through the noise. So we kind of we look at case studies across different industries, a ton of different industries, a ton of different brands, and show how those three pillars can come to life. So that is strongbrandsocialcsa.com backslash back masterclass uh, underscore registration. So I'm sure we can <laughs> give give your, your listeners a note with that. We will. We will add that link to the uh, to the show notes. You will just want to read it out again, Katie, just in case anyone's hastily scribbling and wants to make sure they got it right. Absolutely. It's strongbrandsocialcsa.com backslash masterclass underscore registration. Excellent. And that sounds like a, like a must attend, I think, for anyone who's keen to get started right on their social or, or improve their social by leaps and bounds, I suspect. Um, That's super fun. Finally, Katie, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for in organic social media? Yeah. So I think, you know, it's, it is new stuff, but it's also more of the same, right? In the next six to 12 months, these platforms are going to continue to get more crowded. That is going to impact our reach, which is going to decrease. We know that, you know, where, for example, Instagram is going, we already know it's more video. Um, 
And so all of these things, I think, are creating what feels like kind of obstacles to cut through the noise. But at the same time, we know that customers have a greater appetite than ever before to support brands that they have an emotional connection with. Um, So really, I mean, just I think that it provides a reason to kind of emphasize everything we've been talking about here. At the end of the day, it's going to become more and more important to have a super strong brand point of view that cuts through the noise. So resisting temptation to, um, you know, use things like design templates <laughs> that, you know, are being sold across the internet and that kind of stuff. We really want to have a strong point of view. We want a unique content strategy so that we can cut through the noise and connect with our, with our community. Oh, perfect answer. Katie, thank you. We are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business? Absolutely. My agency website is kwcontent.com and we teach everything that we do inside of our agency and all the methods that we've been talking about today on strongbrandsocial.com. Perfect. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing precisely how to increase our engagement, which is get the content right in the first place, everybody, and then analyze it. Um, And also giving us such a genius way of creating our social media strategy, our playbook. Um, I think there's a lot of us, me included, who will be going and starting that process very soon. So um, thank you, Katie. It's been great hanging out with you. Thank you so much, Chloe. I really enjoyed it. What an awesome process for kind of delegating the social media, but keeping it on track. I think that playbook document of examples and drilling down to those pillars is clearly a great way of creating the right content. Because at the end of the day, if the content isn't right and isn't resonating with your audience, you're not going to get the engagement. And loads of other great tips around the reporting and everything else there from Katie too. Thoroughly, thoroughly got a lot out of that while my brain is spinning. Um, You can get the links to everything we discussed, including her brilliant um, masterclass uh, at keepoptimizing.com. Click on all the episodes and then you will find this one. And that's what all the details are. That also includes uh, the full transcript of this episode and our notes about it too. There you can also sign up to our monthly Q&A webinar, which I can tell you Katie is definitely joining because she replied to the RSVP for that session just before we got on to record this, because as part of my mission to help you improve your marketing, I've invited all our organic social media specialists to join us for a live Q&A session later on this month. It's going to be your chance to get your social media questions answered, and you can sign up for that at keepoptimizing.com too, and it is totally free. Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed the episode, then I think checking out episode 62, where we're talking about doing social more efficiently, will really resonate with the lessons you've learned today from Katie. Put those two episodes together and your social media team are going to be going great guns. Please do also tell your fellow marketers who are working on improving their organic social about the show too, because I want to help as many marketers as possible. That's the whole point of this podcast. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.